Good morning. We want to welcome you this morning, everyone who's in this space. We want to say welcome to everyone who's listening to us via internet, radio, or who's watching via broadcast. Welcome to all the college students, and if you're here for the first time, welcome. Now I'd like for you to join me in the call to worship in your bulletin. Canten al Señor un cántico nuevo. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Canten al Señor, alaben su nombre. Proclaim his salvation day after day. Proclamen su gloria entre las naciones, his marvelous deeds among all people. Grande es el Señor y digno de alabanza. Tremble before him all the earth. Say among the nations, El Señor es Rey. The world is firmly established. It cannot be moved. Él juzga a los pueblos con equidad. Let the heavens rejoice. Let the earth be glad. Brame el mar y todo lo que en él contiene. Let the fields be jubilant and everything in them. Canten jubiloso todos los árboles del bosque. Canten delante del Señor, for he comes. Viene ya para juzgar la tierra. He will judge the world in righteousness y a los pueblos con fidelidad. Let's join in praise by turning in your green Sing the Journey book to number 97, The Lord is My Light. I invite you to stand as you are able in body or spirit.
In your bulletin, you will find an insert, Levanto Mis Manos. At this time, we invite Sonny. He's going to share a testimony with us. Good morning. What do you call someone who hangs around musicians? The drummer. What's the difference between a large pizza and a drummer? A large pizza can feed a family of four. 
What's the best way to confuse a drummer? Put sheet music in front of him, or in my case, a hymnal. <laughs> and why didn't the little drummer boy go to heaven? He woke the baby. <laughs> my name is Sonny Carreño, and I'm the drummer for our congregation. So how does a baptized Catholic end up at College Mennonite Church? I will keep my comments brief, but that's like asking the drummer to, pay, to play softly. I've been here at College Mennonite once a month since December 2018, and I would like to recognize a few people and share an example of God at work. On December 2017, I received a text from Jonathan Ruel. He asked if I would be interested in playing drums during the Christmas pageant here at College Mennonite. My first reaction was a Christmas what? He said he'd explain everything when we would meet a few days later. When we met, he said we would be performing hymns from the hymnals and original compositions. The challenge, he said, would be to combine congregational singing with the rhythm section. We would be playing music where music does not exist. There would be no drum parts, no guitar parts, no bass parts. We would figure that out. I love a challenge, and I said, yes, of course. The things went well enough that Phil Waite, Marty Lehman, and I met in November 2018. We had all discovered that a rhythm section with traditional con congressional hymn singing can indeed coexist. Phil and Marty mentioned a growing congregation and the need for hymns to sound as authentic as possible. If a hymn is from Africa, they said, they want the music to sound and feel African. If a hymn is from a Latin American country, they want the hymn to sound and feel Latin American. After I played another service in early December, one week later, Talasha Kaimyoder approached me about playing the Christmas pageant again later that month, and I said, yes, of course. The only difference, she said, is that I would be the musical director. It was decided to keep the rhythm section going, and shortly thereafter, Anne-Marie Weaver was hired as permanent music director. She and I met in April of this year, and she asked if there was anything I needed. I said I needed a professional drum set. We have a professional Steinway piano, professional audio and visual equipment, but the current drum set is for a beginner. And I'm very happy to say the new drum set is here. It's not uncommon for musicians to name their instruments, and though the drum set isn't mine, I have decided to name her Feliz, which in Spanish means happy. I would like to thank everyone I named previously, plus all the musicians I played with here at the church, the Seekers Club, every member of the congregation, and Peter Miller especially, who made sure we met our goal to make the investment. If you'd like to stop by after the service, I would be happy to explain the difference between a snare drum and a floor tom and answer any other questions you may have. In closing, we are here to worship. We worship to serve the Lord, to serve one another to help us reach the next level after life on earth. And I'm very happy to help the music in our service reach a higher level during our time together. Many thanks again to all of you. This morning during our prayer time, we have a short list. We'll be praying for Sylvia Jackson as she recovers. She spent one night in the hospital, but she's recovering now. She was released. And my son and his wife are celebrating 
the coming of Mia Rene Maldonado. <laughs> the little lady was born, oh, I gotta get this right. <laughs> Friday, you know? Wednesday night. <laughs> I'm done. Well, I guess we're so excited she's here, I forgot when she was born. But this is it for them, three boys and a girl. My oldest son's got them beat, he's got six. But let's pray for them, and we'll also have time to pray for, maybe you have a concern in your heart, yeah? Join me in prayer. Lord, thank you for a restful night, a blessed week, and a new week that you are gifting us with. Thank you for your love, your mercy, your compassion. Thank you for Christ. And thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit and for the gift of the church we call community. Thank you, Father, for all these gifts that we do not deserve, but that we are part of. And now we bring Sylvia Jackson before you. We thank you that her stay at the hospital was short. We thank you for the care she received at the hospital. We thank you for hospitals and for those who have studied, Lord, and give their lives to helping others. We bless the entire staff there at Goshen Hospital and other hospitals and clinics throughout. Thank you, Lord, for Vista. Thank you, Lord, for Maple City Health Clinic. They provide, Lord, care for those who are uninsured or who have a tendency of living in the shadows. We thank you for them and their staff. And everyone who works there makes that possible. We thank you, Father, for Mia, this little gift you've given this family. We thank you for her. We bless her and we pray that your purposes in her life will start at an early age. Lord, there are many needs within and throughout this space. Some make their needs known and some stay quiet. They don't share with no one, but you know their need and you are present. And scripture says, if we ask anything believing, and if we believe you have heard, we can be assured that you will, Lord, provide. So we thank you. We present the needs of this community. We present the needs of Goshen. Lord, I ask for several people that reached out to Madeline and myself this week, carrying heavy burdens, but they found refuge here at CMC. They came, they shared, they were prayed over, they were hugged, they were blessed, and Lord, their burdens were lifted, at least for that time. We thank you for Christ who makes this possible. Bless this house as we continue to minister in different areas. Bless your people, Lord, as they, every day of the week, they're working and they represent you, Lord. We bless it 
We ask for all needs in Christ's name. Amen. Children, you are invited to come up to the circle for a story and time with Talasha. While they come, please turn in, sing the journey to number 19, I Will Call Upon the Lord. We will sing part one and part two. picture? A farmer? Because, yeah, it's, what is it? Corn. Okay, let's try another one. Do you know what this is? This is the guy at the farmer's market. Yeah, who do you think all that produce belongs to? The farmer, you think? Yeah? A greenhouse, maybe? Yeah, farmers come, they bring their produce to the farmer's market and sell it there. Okay, let's try another one. Do you know what this is? College Mennonite. This is at College Mennonite, yeah. It's the, the Memorial Garden. You guys know this place really well, don't you? Yeah, um, who does that belong to? Who owns that? Me? College Mennonite. <laughs> College Mennonite. Okay, okay. Um, let's see, I think I have one more. This might look familiar to you. Shanklin. Shanklin Park? Who owns that? Uh, everyone in Goshen. Okay, that one's a little harder to nail down, isn't it? Okay, well. So, we're, I know, you can see just a little bit of that one, can't you? I, I had a picture of Parkside Elementary, and I was going to ask you about that, too, but I can't find the whole picture. Who do you think Parkside Elementary belongs to? The boss. The boss. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going we're gonna to read something here, okay? This is Psalm 24, verse 1. This is part of the scripture passage for this morning. The earth is the Lord's, and all that is in it, the world 
and those who live in it. So let's try this again. Who does this belong to? The farmer. Okay, let's read the verse again. Listen to the Bible here. All right, the earth is the Lord's and all that is in it. The Lord's, who's the Lord? Jesus, God, yes. Okay, so the earth belongs to who? And all that is in it. So what does that mean about this? So who does Shanklin Park belong to? The Lord. Okay, now this is very different, is it? Uh, Who does this church building belong to? The Lord. That kind of changes the way we think about things, doesn't it? If the Lord, if the earth is the Lord's and everything that's in it belongs to God. So we care for this earth, right? We care for this church building. We care for all of the things in, in these pictures. But you know what? We won't be here forever. And the earth and all that is in it, these things last beyond us. And then there will be a whole set of other people who come after us to care for it. These things, this land, all of this doesn't belong to us. It belongs to God. This is kind of another big thing to wrap our heads around. Let's listen to the second part of the verse again. Listen to this one and let's see what we think it might mean. The world... And those who live in it. Who lives in the world? Everyone. Everyone. Do you live in the world? Yeah. You belong to who? The Lord. The Lord. Yeah. Okay, that's a good point, Alice. She just said, or our parents. So we belong with the people that God has put us with. You belong with your parents. You belong with everybody in this big church family. You belong with the community of Goshen, with your schools. You belong with all of us. And it's important to feel that sense of belonging, isn't it? But you belong to God. That's a really important thing for all of us to know. So when we feel like things in our world are kind of out of control, or when we feel afraid, it's important to come back to that, that we belong to God. And if we belong to God, someone always sticks with us. Yeah? Let's do a prayer. And uh, I think I have to take my shoes off for this one. Stand up. All right. You don't have to take your shoes off. I just needed to because the bottom of mine is a little dirty. All right. We're going to do this. Can you put one leg up like that? It's called tree pose. Ooh. It's a little hard, isn't it? Okay, let's, let's try to pray fast while we're still kind of balanced. Put your hands here. Let's pray. Okay? Let's pray. God, woo. <laughs> thank you for the earth. Thank you for all that is in it. Thank you that we belong to you. 
May we always remember who we belong to and remember to take care of all that is yours. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, you may get your worship bags and go back to your seats. On the screen, you will see This is God's Wondrous World to the tune of This Is My Father's World. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord and who shall stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully, he shall receive the blessing of the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is the generation of them who seek you, who seek thy face, O Jacob, Selah. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors, and the king of glory shall come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors, and the king of glory shall come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the king of glory. Selah. Our speaker this morning is Phil Waite, pastoral team leader. Let's pray. 
Father, thank you for Phil. Thank you for his gifts. Use him to speak to our souls and minds. We bless him in your name. Amen. The grace and peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Psalm 24.1. Is, are, you, are, you, are you ready? Do you, have you, do you have it memorized now? The earth is and the fullness. All right, let's try it all together. The earth is the Lord's in the fullness thereof. Psalms, the Psalms, uh, as literature uh, would be considered prayers, they're prayers, right? And they're liturgies, they're corporate prayers, they're uh, confessions that are used in worship. And, and of course, the psalm that, that Beth just recited is a psalm that was used in worship. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. It is a theological statement, an assertion, uh, a claim that the community makes when it's gathered together in worship. And we, we, we can recognize that pretty quickly and, and pretty easily. But the same statement is made in a very different context in Scripture in one of my favorite books of the Bible, Leviticus. And you don't know if I'm joking or not, do you? And I'm not sure either, actually. Leviticus 25, 23. I've got to find the right place. The land, which is the same word in Hebrew, Eretz, the Eretz, same word as earth, I should say, shall not be sold in perpetuity, for the land is mine. With me you are but aliens and tenants. Leviticus is not... Uh, a book about worship. It's not a prayer book in the way that the Psalms are. The kind of literature that Leviticus is, is, is law. It's, it's a book of law. The Torah, the, the Hebrew law. And what these two together uh, tell us is that law and worship, law and theology, law, the community life, the rules that govern the life of the community are intertwined with theology. We don't have ethics over here and theology over here. The structure of theology and the structure of the law, the rules governing uh, our lives and our communities are the same. And at the foundation of each is this assertion, the Eretz, the land, uh, the earth, and everything in them belong to God. Now, I'm not a lawyer, but this sounds like property law to me. Yes? No? Felipe, I, I see you nodding. It sounds like property law. In our, 
in our society, in our, in our country, we have a legal system determining who has control over what property, right? If you, if you uh, ha, uh, have, a, have a, a, a rental agreement, you have to sign an agreement that says you can live there with a the person who controls the property. If you have a mortgage, you have a very complex relationship with the city uh, government and with uh, your lender and uh, um, your neighbors and all, all of these things go, uh, have, have, have legal basis, right? There's kind of a legal understanding. If you, go, if you go to Colorado, this gets even more complicated because you have all, all these, these questions about who controls what's underneath the ground, right? Water rights in particular, of course, mineral rights and whatnot, but water rights in particular determine where the people can live. What places have water rights and what places don't have water rights. It's all a, a, a legal system. And so the phrase, the earth is the Lord's, or the land is mine, form a basis for a legal system for how we ought to relate with each other concerning our property and how we ought to think about our property. The land is mine. It shall not be sold in perpetuity. I like that word just because it's, it's a nice word to say. Perpetuity. You can say it if you want to. If, I mean, I, I shouldn't be having all the fun here. Perpetuity. When you go home, you can look in the mirror and say perpetuity. It would be fun. The land should not be sold in perpetuity. And what that means as a function of property law is that the land belongs to God. And if I control a piece of land, if God has left it in my care to be a steward, there are limits as to what I can do with that land based on the legal principle the land is mine. God says the land is mine. And one of those principles is I can't just sell the land at a profit. So I go, oh, I gotta, I'm just going to sell this land. And if I come into a situation where I have to sell the land, the legal system outlined in Leviticus and elsewhere in the biblical uh, books of law says that at some point that land has to return to me or to my offspring. It's property law. Now, uh, this might sound complicated, but we're going to simplify it a little bit with a story, a biblical story, uh, a story that I think is pretty easy to understand from, from, uh, from the, one of the books of Kings, about a man named Naboth. Naboth. How many of you know the story of Naboth's vineyard? It's a great, classic, biblical story. So Naboth lived in Israel, in the northern kingdom of Israel, uh, and he owned a vineyard. And it was his ancestral land. It was, his, it was not his property uh, in the legal sense, because the land belongs to who? Right. The land belongs to God. But it was given to him and put into his care. Now, Naboth had some misfortune, and one of his 
misfortunes was that his neighbor was the king. That's not good. Um, Jeremy Stutzman lives down the, uh, close to me, and I get a little nervous. I mean, I don't know. That's a joke. Um, I don't get nervous. I like having, Jeremy's a very fine neighbor, and he even plows the, the, the um, sidewalks in the wintertime, sometimes in our neighborhood. But Naboth lived next to King Ahab, and King Ahab looked uh, from his palace one day at, at Naboth's vineyard and said, boy, that's a fine-looking piece of land. I would like to have that piece of land as a vegetable garden. Promote health, you know, uh, vegetables. Who could disagree with vegetables? Well, somebody will. Okay, I know. So he wants it as a vegetable garden. And so he goes to Naboth and says, sell me that, sell me that. Sell me that piece of land that you have there because I'd like to have it as a vegetable garden. Uh, I'll, give, I'll, I'll, I'll pay you more than, than, than what it's worth. I'll give you more than the market price for that piece of land. Or I'll give you another piece of land, a better piece of land somewhere else. But that's just the ideal piece of land for me in the location that I want. Well, that sounds like a pretty good deal for Naboth, doesn't it? I mean, would you take that deal? I mean, it depends on the terms, right? But let's say you could, you could sell that land and you could get a better piece of land that was more productive in a better location. Hmm, boy, that's, that's tempting, right? I, I might want to do that. Or, or let's say the market value of a piece of land is $100,000 and somebody comes by and says, I'll, I'll give you $200,000 for that piece of land. You'd probably jump at that, right? You'd wonder what the catch was maybe, but you'd probably jump at that. But Naboth says, no. God forbid that I would sell my ancestral land. What a strange thing to say. Naboth is working from the principle that the land belongs to, and I can't just do what I want with it. I can't just profit from the land if I want to, because it's not mine. It has been entrusted to me. It is a trust, and I am to care for this land for particular purposes. Particular purposes. Now, this story is an unpleasant story, and you can read it for yourself if you want to. I'm not going to go into the whole story. We'll have other opportunities to do that in the next year. We'll explore Nabo's Vineyard some more. But what I wanted to illustrate here is Naboth recognizes the legal principle that he can't just sell the land, that he can't just do what he wants with it because it belongs to God, and the theological principle. That is, this is an act of piety on his part. This is an expression of faithfulness to God on his part, that he is not going to sell this land at a prophet, because he loves God. And the text in the story is clear about this. The question arises, why can't Naboth sell the land? Is it just because God says so? What it, what's the logic? Law has logic and structure. What's the logic behind this idea that the land can't be sold. 
And the logic is social justice. When the land is given and trusted to people for their care, the understanding is that each person has what they need to meet their needs, to grow their crops. And the law provides in quite a bit of detail for just about any eventuality that the people can think of. So if let's say I own a piece of land, and let's say there's a hailstorm. Not hard to imagine for those of us in Goshen where just about everybody's getting a new roof these days. There's a hailstorm on my land, but not on your land. And my crop is just wiped out. Well, what does that mean for me? It means I got nothing to eat. And my neighbor comes along and says, hey, I didn't hail on my land. God must love me more. And uh, I'll feed you. I'll give you, some, I'll give you some food from my land. But I'm going to ask something of you. Right? I'm going to ask something of you. I want you to give me your land at unfavorable terms, say. Or I want you to sell me your labor. I want you to work for me. Or I want your children to work for me. And then I will feed you. And over time, in, a, in situations like these, as in the words of the prophets, field gets added to field. And added to field, and added to field, until you have a situation where some people have a lot, and other people have nothing. They have been forced off the land. And so the legal system says the land cannot be sold in perpetuity. There must come a point of reckoning where the land returns to those to whom it was entrusted at the beginning. It's crucial. It's justice. People who are fortunate cannot take advantage of the unfortunate in perpetuity. This cannot be allowed. This, is the, this, uh, this structure is, is often called a peasant's law, peasant's law. And they are, it, it's required for the functioning of a community, for a community to be healthy, for there to be good relations among uh, the people, for there to be trust, for the political, economic, and social life of the community to work. This is... Law, but it's also theology because the land, the Eretz, belongs to God. And we cannot just do with it as we please. This season that we are in, this fall season, is harvest, harvest season. And it's a season where we celebrate the earth. We celebrate the land and we celebrate its bounty. And we remember as we celebrate 
and uh, reflect on God's goodness to us, we remember that the land belongs to God. We remember that its bounty belongs to God, that God is the source of it. And we remember that we may not do as we please with what doesn't belong to us. But we must celebrate God's gifts to us. And remember that these gifts are God's and that they are intended for God's purposes. I invite us this harvest season, now on through Thanksgiving, to reflect on this phrase and its meaning in our own lives. The earth is the Lord's in the fullness thereof. The earth is the Lord's in the fullness thereof. And the land is mine. It shall not be sold in perpetuity. We were joking this morning that we basically had the sermon written already. And some people suggested that I didn't even need to give a sermon. Um, I won't say who they were. But if you'll notice the title of the children's time, the children's time title is Who Owns This? And the sermon title is It's Not Mine. And the hymn before, before the sermon could have been the, could have, should have been the response hymn. This is God's wondrous world. That'll preach. I invite you to turn to c- celebrate these truths and celebrate God's gifts and God's earth with hymn number 90, For the Fruits of All Creation.
Good morning. My name is Nassim Fatemara Sulipur. I'm a senior interdisciplinary major from Tehran, Iran. And I'm John Yorty. I'm a member of the International Student Ministry Group. There are 10 of us on that group, and we are joined by Dan Lichty, International Student Advisor. Dan plays a critical role in the work of the committee. As a CMC ministry group serving international students studying at Goshen College, we seek to join with what God is doing in our community and the world through the formation of leaders shaped by Goshen College education within the Anabaptist Mennonite tradition and with love for God and neighbor. Because of you and others that are present here in our congregation and beyond, we are able to serve 22 international students from 14 countries who receive some financial support to study at Goshen College this academic year. We thank you uh, for helping achieve these outcomes while continuing to support the, GMC, uh, the CMC General Fund. On November 10, we and international students will be hosting a reception for donors. Now, Nassim will share on what her education at GC means to her. While her story is her own, the other 21 international students noted above also have inspiring reflections. Nassim's intelligence, character, humor, accomplishments, and commitment to God and community are an inspiration to all of us. Nassim. Thank you. I have heard many people say that mottos and values represented by institutions and such are mostly fake and are just to make a place look fancy. But today I would like to tell you a bit about how my experience with Goshen College has been different and how it has shaped my life differently. Because of Goshen College, I am an intercultural young woman who has taught to speak up and support others in need was taught how to become one with other women and non-binary peers of mine through singing to bring different cultures and languages to life that touches other people's hearts. To be a leader and stand up for my peers, represent the unrepresented, to grow interfaithfully. I was taught that I have, lear or I have learned <laughs> that we are all one, the creatures of the greater power to build golden relationships and step out of my comfort zones, to become a passionate peacemaker and seek friendship and love through different corners of the world. Goshen has taught me the value of community and the importance of belonging to one. I have gained a much wider perspective of the world than I would have made if I were to stay within my circle and my comfort place. <clears throat> Finally, Goshen has given me the opportunity and grant of being a dreamer, to dream of my own and to believe in myself that one day I can make a change in this world for the better. But none of these things were possible if it wasn't for you and your support. 
I would like to take this opportunity and show my appreciation to you all. Um, your faith have brought me all the way, but this is not the end. Thank you so much for your love and support through every step of the way. This community has shown me generosity. And now on, after I leave this place, I will be an ambassador and deliver the love and support I was given to the others that are in need. Thank you. This time, I invite us to continue uh, in our acts of worship by the sharing of our tithes and offerings. I invite you to come and place them in these baskets or in the offering plates that the ushers will be bringing by.
Please join me in prayer. Gracious God, we give you thanks for the bounty of the earth, for its beauty. We acknowledge that it is not ours, but it is yours. We ask that you lead us and that you guide us in the stewarding of what you have entrusted to us. That these gifts of yours might be used for your good purposes here and throughout the world. We pray in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Our sending song, number 429, Go Now in Peace, hymnal worship book number 429. This is a canon. One, two, three. There is, I want to remind you, there's a special testimony going on in room 303 at second hour. Let me read this to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. God bless you. Go in peace. Mm -hmm. 